Monday. So questions are being asked about whether South African employers are proactive about checking the qualifications of potential, uh, of candidates rather, when they are applying for different jobs. Just to give you a sense of how big the industry, this is the fake the falsified academic credentials industry is. When we take a look at the global picture, the New York Times in 2015 reported that this industry is a billion-dollar industry and it consists of around 3,300 diploma mills. And these are effectively companies that just work to churn out fake qualifications, fake certificates, and um, that people, of course, buy um, to, uh, to use to try and bump up their CVs. Of course, the difficulty here is that it's not just fake qualifications that are up for sale. You also have those that sell fake academic transcripts. So, you know, because some employers will, after you have sent, uh, let's say, your qualification, they'll still ask, uh, send us a transcript of of your marks. And if you've got enough money, there is a, a company that will be willing to offer you that, despite the fact that it is fraudulent and illegal. In South Africa, just looking at some of the figures that we have, we are seeing an increase in numbers of people who are using false documents or false credentials uh, in their application forms. And one of the stories that really brought this matter to light is uh, the recent court ruling against the former Prasa head of engineering services, Daniel Mtimkulu. He was found on Monday by the Commercial Crimes Court guilty of fraud. And he was accused of doing a number a number of things, not least among which f- uh, sending through false documents not one, but multiple false documents about his qualifications that resulted in him having a salary increase, but also being able to uh, be given a promotion in certain instances. It didn't stop there. He also then falsified an, an offer letter of employment from a different company. And what this then did is that Prasa matched that offer letter, which saw him receive another substantial increase in his salary. In fact, it was an increase of about just over a million rand due to this um, fake letter of employment offer. And these are the issues that I think we deal with on a day-to-day as South Africans, especially if you're trying to find work or even uh, those that are working. Let's talk now to Niren Naidu, who's the Executive Governance, People and Strategy at the South African Qualifications Authority. Niren, good morning to you and thanks for your time. Good morning and uh, thank you for the opportunity. Niren, I mean, have we been able to get to the bottom of why it is that despite the consequences of doing so, people are still willing to take their chances with submitting false qualifications? I think the big issue here is people are desperate for work. Um, so they will do whatever it takes um, to, um, to come across as being competent in a particular field so that they can actually secure a job. Um, unfortunately, we are still waiting for the president to proclaim the NTF Amendment Act. And once he does proclaim this, then there are 
um, serious consequences for people who are found guilty of uh, uh, defrauding uh, or, or pretending to have qualifications that they don't have. You know, there are fines in place, there's jail mm-hmm. sentences, etc. But right now that is not uh, enforceable because the president has not um, you know, proclaimed the act yet. When we look at the case of somebody like Mr. Timkulu, who faced nine counts of, of fraud, amongst some of these fraudulent qualifications was a master's degree from Wits University, a doctorate in engineering management. Uh, this is from the Munich Technical University in Germany. Are there sectors that are more prone to fake qualifications and certificates? What they have noticed is in the trade sector, they are more prone to be fake qualifications. In fact, um, SACWA has on its list of misrepresented qualifications just over 3,000 national qualifications that have been misrepresented. And of that, 2,100 of them are actually trade qualifications. So it's more, you know, your electricians, your plumbers, your boilermakers, mm. your engineers, etc. Mm. So we, we tend to see more in that sector. Um, and I must also say that what we are also seeing is one person could use the same false qualifications with several companies, you know, trying to obtain work. So it seems much bigger than it actually is because one person could apply to five or six companies in the month and, you know, agencies will verify all of those qualifications. And it seems as though, you know, there's a large number, but it's actually all related to one individual who's doing that. Of course, one of the the challenges is that the, the trade sector is uh, also a sector that is heavily driven by, by services. And and people will want to know that if I'm, you know, hiring a plumber, if I'm hiring an engineer, they are qualified to do this uh, and to provide the services that they claim they can provide at a certain level of quality. Absolutely. Um, and that's why... You know, we have professional bodies within the sector as well. So if the public really wants to check uh, whether a a, a plumber or, um, you know, uh, an electrician is qualified, they should actually also check with the professional bodies to see if they are members of the, and and they are registered to be um, registered, you know, to practice their trade. So it's not just about the false qualification, but also the professional bodies that would protect the public, Mm. um, you know, from this. Ultimately, part of what this does is also undermine the credibility of some of the institutions that would have employed individuals, believing that they have these qualifications when in fact they don't. It's a serious matter. You know, if you just take the public sector, for example, you know, government is responsible for major projects within the country that we all rely on, whether it's the provision of water or electricity or sanitation. And we know we have problems in these areas. Imagine if you have an unqualified person at the helm of one of these major projects. You know, what confidence do we have um, in providing the proper services? So imagine if you you go to a doctor and your doctor faked his or her qualifications. You know, the likelihood of you surviving... Um, an operation under that doctor's hand is is uh, serious. Mm. You know, it could lead to your death. 
So I, I don't think that there's um, a, a light way of looking at fraudulent qualifications. Whether you are working at a low-level job or you're working in a, in, a, in a senior, serious position, I think we should look at fraudulent qualifications as being a problem in the country and trying to root it out as best as we can because ultimately it affects all of us. Um, you know, if someone is not qualified to do what they say they, they can do, mm. and, you know, we are paying for those services. Niren, I want us to continue the conversation in a short while after the 9.30 news headlines. Luyanda Maume is standing by. We continue the conversation on the talking point, and of course, shortly I'll be taking your calls on zero double one seven one four two double zero six. That's the number to dial to get in touch with us on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. The phenomena of fake qualifications. Why does it continue to be so prevalent? Of course. Um, oh, apologies for that. So we're currently in conversation with uh, Niren Naidu. She is with the South African Qualification. Authority. Niren, on the one hand, while we must blame those individuals that go to these companies that are willing, uh, you know, to 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 produce these fake credentials, what is the work that is being done to actually try and find the companies that are mostly responsible um, for for being these mills, effectively these diploma mills or these, um, you know, degree mills? At this stage, you know, we are trying to make the public aware of what to look out for. Um, government has put in place this NTF Amendment Act, which says that uh, we can only employ uh, an individual if we have verified that their qualifications are actually authentic. Mm. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the Act hasn't come in yet, but it is, you know, imminent sometime this year. And if we all follow the, the law, then we should be able to root out the problem. What we need to do is to check the authenticity of every single qualification as uh, an individual claims to have it, and to make sure that when companies do employ, that they are only employing people who have the relevant qualifications that they are looking for. Niren, let's leave it there for this morning. Niren Naidu, Executive Governance, People and Strategy at the South African Qualifications Authority. So the call there is for employers to make sure that they do their checks and balances. And I'm thinking about the number of employers that may have found themselves caught up in the situation where they're either dealing with false submissions of fake qualifications. How do you deal with that? But also for the individuals who are submitting these fake documents. I mean, in the case of Mr. Mtimkulu, um, one of the things that he had done was that he insisted on being called a doctor, despite the fact that he did not have a doctorate and what he had presented as a doctorate was a false qualification. His email signature had a doctor on it. When he was questioned um, about this title by the court, he denied it and, and basically said um, that he, he was using doctor because that's what one of his lecturers, one of the lecturers um, at Stellenbosch University had used to refer to him. So the title was there as a joke and everybody knew that he wasn't really 
Dr. Timkulu. Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous to me that these are the lengths the lens that that some people will go to in order to secure a promotion or to secure a position in 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 different organizations and i'd love to hear some of your experiences on this and and i know even with the case of falsifying offer letters um, so many people do that. And if your HR teams are not smart enough, then you're going to end up being caught up in the lie, you know. Um, and, and these are just some of the real life challenges that I think are facing, uh, you know, are facing the workplace effectively. So I'll take your calls on this and maybe any other issues that you want to talk about this morning on 011-714-2006. We're going to take a quick break. I'm back with your calls and some of your WhatsApp voice notes.